the we'll be studying Romans chapter 12 and the subject is going to be several but the main one is practical doctrine of the gospel for Christian living amen practical doctrine of the gospel for Christian living. Before we get off into the scripture, we will start off with the narrative. And it starts off with the word practical. Practical is a word that is feasible, realistic, the actual doing or use of something rather than with theory and ideas. It is being actively engaged in some course of action or occupation. Capable of being put to use. Being reasonable to do or to use. Therefore, God is not asking you and I to do anything unreasonable. Amen? Because His Word has been tried, His Word has been tested, and His Word has been found to be true. His Word has a record of accomplishments that it produces life it produces blessing it produces healing and deliverance and salvation his word produces eternal life but you and I cannot experience it unless you follow the doctrine and plan of God for your arrival. <coughs> it's not an automatic thing. Work out your own salvation in fear and trembling. That's what the words say. So that means you got to put something in it to get something out of it. Amen. The next word is doctrine. It's a belief or set of beliefs held and taught by the church or political parties or some other group. Biblical meaning of the term of doctrine is teaching. It is the attempt to state in intellectually responsible Terms the message of the gospel and the contents of the faith, or the content of the faith. It is the body of principles presented for an acceptance or belief. We base our following God from the doctrine of the apostles and Jesus Christ being chief cornerstone. Now we established that the doctrine set for the New Testament church of Jesus Christ 
is practical. Ain't nothing too hard for you. Come on, somebody. Because guess what? All the rituals was cut out. All you was asked to do was walk by faith and believe. Come on, somebody. Now, we need to get an understanding of the gospel. The gospel, which is the teaching or revelation of Jesus Christ. It is the mission of the church to preach, teach, make known the way of salvation, which is found in Jesus Christ only. The gospel is the life and teaching of Jesus Christ to be known by humanity. When you look at the true meaning of the gospel, it is good news. And the good news is the story of Jesus Christ's birth, death, and his resurrection. Meaning he went through the same course of life of man without sin. And rose to eternal life and power. You and I shall experience the same path of life. By birth, we already here. By death, we got to go. And But how we rise depicts on how we live. We have a choice to follow Jesus and rise to eternal life or not follow him and rise to eternal damnation. Either or, you will rise at the appointed time. Amen. Following guidelines are critical to the life of a saint of God. Because God is not talking to the world, but only to believers. Because believers is the only one that's going to hear what thus says the Lord. The, only, the believers are the only one that's going to take what God says and walk by faith and not by sight. A believer is the only one that's going to put their trust in what God has said in their life till they see it come into fruition because guess what? They are believers. As a believer, this gospel is sent to give you life and that more abundantly. If you believe not, you shall die. In your sins. Come on somebody. So if you would. Go to Romans chapter 12. And we're going to read verses 1 and 2. Then. We'll have. A long discussion. <laughs> Amen. Romans 12. The first two verses. And they. Later. Let's 
read them, please. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but ye be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. <coughs> First of all, he said, I beseech you. Beseech is to call aside with a strong force. Encouragement made and an appeal in the view of certain facts. In view of God's mercy, his tender compassion, it is of the Lord's mercy that we have not been consumed because his compassion fell it not. Now, Paul said that I beseech you by God's mercy. Huh? That God have mercy on you. Come on, somebody. While you are trying to make it in, God show you mercy. Come on now. Through all our mistakes. Huh? For all our can't help it. God still was showing us mercy. Am I right about it? Therefore, men should bring themselves to God instead of sacrifices to the altar of old. So you can't bring God no more lambs and pigs and pigeons and all them other animals. God looking for you to bring you. We want to give God everything but ourselves. Amen. If God, if we had, if we had $1,000 and God asked for eight of them, we'll try to get God them eight before we try to get God ourselves. Oh, am I in the right place? Present all of your faculties as a living sacrifice. Every action of the body Including your tongue. Mm. We can get God a whole lot of things, boy, but that tongue is hard to give him, ain't it? Come on, somebody. That tongue is hard to get you to shut your mouth. Huh? If we can learn to shut our mouth, we'll be better Christians. If we can learn to shut our mouth, we'll be better saints. If we would learn to shut our mouth, we can hear God more often. That's part of your body. Huh? Learn to control your tongue before it sends you to hell. A lot of folks don't do everything they know to do it right and allow their tongue uh-uh. To mess up their salvation. Go to James chapter 3. Because guess what? If we ain't controlling our tongue, we ain't controlling nothing. 
If we can't control our tongue, we out of control. So guess what? You have to watch what people try to get you into what some type of dialogue or some type of anger to cause you to strike out with your lips. Because you know what happened? Then you think it's the person, but when you when you strike out, then the devil said, got you. Huh? Because you wrestle not with flesh and blood, but you wrestle with spirits in high places. Hmm. 5 through 11, it says what? Even so, the tongue is a little member. And both, girl, that thing to have you acting like you Superman. Amen. Huh? Amen. That thing will have you talking like you got the world in the palm of your hand. And there you is right on the edge of slipping on a banana peel. Come on now. It'll have you lying in a New York second, as they put it. Wow. The next verse, oh, no, we didn't finish that deal. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindled, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, so it is the tongue among our members that defiles. How much of your body? It defiles the whole body. Wow. You done put your arm in check. You done put your legs in check. Uh-oh, can I go there? You done put your private parts in check. You is looking like you were holding to your mouth open up and your tongue begin to speak. And everything that you put in check went out the window. Because you didn't control your tongue. Because God said in his word that it defiled the whole body. Notice saying. James said poison to your whole system. Your tongue will poison your whole system. Your tongue will poison your walk with God. That's why I say you have to watch what you say. Even down to them four letter words. Huh? The devil tried to get us mad to the point that he'll let them blurt out, and guess what? And that means that we stepped out of the will of God. Some folks think it ain't enough. It, 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 don't, it don't mean nothing. Oh, that ain't nothing. Oh, yes, it is. The Bible just says it defiles your whole body. It puts it on the course of hell. No, now maybe, maybe you think when you get to hell you can correct it. I don't know. <laughs> I 
But I'm telling you what the course said. And then maybe when you get at the end of the course, maybe you think you can change it and come back up. But uh, as they said, water don't flow upstream. Huh? It continues to flow downstream. Yeah, so you got to figure out which way your water is running. Am I right about it? So, and it set on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. See, I told you that it was in the book. I told you that if you're not careful, your tongue will set you on the course of going to hell. Now, if you get to hell and decide that you want to try to change it, I mean, you know, you might try if you be if you be successful. Let somebody know. <coughs> yeah, good luck with that one. The seventh verse, we in James chapter three. The seventh verse says, "For every kind of beast and a bird." And of serpents and the things in the sea is tamed and had been tamed of mankind. You can do everything you can with an animal. You can make him turn flips. You can make him sit down at command. You can make him stay at command. Huh? You can train him to be obedient. Wow. What you said that for? We can train an animal to be obedient, but we can't train ourselves to be obedient. Wow. Wow. So guess what? The next time you tell Spot to sit, you need to sit too. Huh? Come on, somebody. If your dog can obey, guess what? You need to learn a lesson from the dog. Do that make sense? So next time you tell your mother to sit down, you do the same thing. Come on now. Well, get back to it. Eight verse says, But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly parts. Now you see why it poisons your whole system? Just that little tongue, three to four inches long, poisons everything about you. <coughs> it's full of deadly poison. Not only do you kill you, you kill other folks with it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Not only do you kill other folks in yourself with it, it stops the flow of God in you. Hmm. But we blessed and highly faithful. We going to heaven anyway. Huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, but you're going to hit that detour, too. 
Come on, somebody. Look what it says in verse 9. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men which are made after the sinner. Oh, we got bless, blessing and cursing flowing out of the same mouth, practically sometime at the same time. Come on, somebody. One minute, God got it. Next minute, you done cursed somebody. Come on now. Out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be. Do a fountain send forth the same place sweet water and bitter. Huh? Come on, somebody. God said these things ought not to be. So that's, guess what? That means that we got to come under control. We got to come under control. Amen. You are entering into a new and living way. No more presenting dead animals to God. You got to bring yourself as a living sacrifice. Now, if you're going to bring yourself to God as a living sacrifice, it can't be messed up. If you're going to bring yourself to God as a living sacrifice, you can't have a whole lot of flaws and a, and a, and a, and a whole lot of sickness in your spirit. You can't have a whole lot of your used to be. Come on now. To present to a true and living God. Because he didn't accept it with the nation of Israel. He ain't going to accept it with you. Did that make sense? We are a living sacrifice by a way of clean living, holy lifestyle that God counts worthy to accept. And sometimes we wonder why God is not moving in us. We get under the impression that we're doing all that we're supposed to do, but we ain't feeling God moving in our life. Before you bring another sacrifice, check yourself out before you go before God. Because something is messed up. It's something that God is not accepting. And until we get it right with God, he will not accept us as a living sacrifice. Come on, somebody. Well, God did not accept sick or unclean animal sacrifice made unto him by the nation of Israel. He is the same God today and the same God yesterday. And the same God forevermore. He don't change. He will not accept your life as an unclean sacrifice made unto him. He wants you to be holy, devoted, and consecrated, and set aside for his use. Which he asks 
for you is reasonable. Come on now. And we still in Romans. Uh, then he says, your reasonable service. Ain't that what he said? And reasonable is rational worship. Because it is performed with the heart and mind and the soul of an intelligent being. Ain't we supposed to be intelligent? We supposed to be. Huh? When God brought us in and the, 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 we found out that the gospel was teaching, God brought us in and taught us how to be intelligent in his presence. Then, 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 ain't that the word? Don't, don't the word teaches us how to be intelligent before God? Huh? Not to be radical. Come on, somebody. Not to be like we was before God came and changed us. So we ought to be uh, 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 before God as intelligent beings. Jesus said, love the Lord thy God with all thy mind and thy heart and thy soul. Because it's where true worship dwells. And it's where it comes from. If you cannot love him with your all, maybe why it's not reasonable to you to give him that service. Maybe it's because your worship and your praise is always in a stream. Maybe it's because your worship may be in vain. Come on, somebody. Because guess what? If you don't see it being your reasonable service at any given time, you will throw him up anything and expect for him to take it. Huh? Well, let me tell you, let me give you some breaking news. God ain't begging nobody to worship him. Huh? You gonna be willing to worship him or get out of his presence. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That we want to come into the presence of God, but we don't want to worship God the way God wants us to worship him. And he pushes you out of his presence. There's a passage of scripture that says he spew you out of his mouth. Because you gave him lukewarm worship. If you're going to be anything, be hot for God. Don't y'all know that it takes the, the enthusiasm of our worship to get God to come in? And when he come in, he don't come in without doing something when he come in. When he leave out, he done done a job. So guess what? Our expectation must be too low. Hmm. Well, in the second verse, he gave the word of God gave two commands in verse two. In Romans twelve and two, gave two commands. If we are not going to follow the commands of God, we need to close the book and take up another occupation. Because being godly will not work for us. 
Y'all hear me? Ain't no point playing with this thing. If you're going to play with it, you just want to close your book and hit the door and go out and get all the gusto you can get. Huh? Because guess what? A little bit of it or a whole lot of it, hell, still the same. If you're planning on going to hell, go out there and get all you can get. Come on now. If you're planning to go to hell. James, ain't no point in going to hell, bro. Look around you. 
the standard of the world is overriding the saints of God life walking with God. Now the saints of God are walking bow-legged, gap-legged, huh? hopping on one leg. When the scripture tells you to walk by faith and not by sight. No, things ain't going to look good to you, but you still got to walk by faith. Everything ain't going to go your way, but you still got to walk by faith. Come on, somebody. This world ain't going to be no bed of roses to you either, but you still got to walk by faith. Why? Because it's a command. And you're trying to make it in. Now, if you're trying to stay and hang around with the world, you're doing good. You know, play their dumb games. If you're trying to hang with them, you know what I'm saying? Because one day the scripture said heaven and earth is going to pass away, but my word, my word, my word shall remain. So where are you going to be at? You going to be hanging out with the world or are you going to be hanging out with the word? You going to hang out with the world or you going to hang out with the word? Which one of them you going to choose? Because you're going to choose one of them. You're going to either choose the world or you're going to choose the word. Come on now. You're going to have to comply with one of them. Do not pattern after this age or time. This age and time uh, is, is, is moving rapidly. Changes every day. Pressure every day. Come on, somebody. You wake up to new changes in this world every day. Pressure in you to get out of the will of God. Am I right? The Lord said, don't let it happen to you. You got to wear this world like a loose garment. Prepare to drop it at a moment notice to get up out of here. Amen. Jesus said, he told, his, told the Father, he said, I pray that you don't take them out of the world, huh? but that you keep them. You got to be kept till he come to get you. Come on now. Well, Yet we are holding on to this world too tight. The church is getting to the point, and, and, and I need you to know this is a lesson of the book of Romans chapter 12. When I said the church, I'm not particularly just talking about mercy men. I'm talking about church nationwide. Amen. Don't want you to get it twisted. Amen. Go to 1 John chapter 2. And you see what God has to say. 1 John chapter 2, 15 through 17. 
Now, if I tell you, you can have second thoughts about it. Come on now. Because I don't have words to get you into heaven, and I don't have none to get you out. But there is one that does. Come on, somebody. And he anointed and gave us doctrine by the apostles. Amen. With Jesus Christ being chief cornerstone. So those apostles that followed Christ and was taught by Christ, being indoctrinated by the Holy Ghost. I ain't talking about the, the, the apostles of this day. Well, they ain't got no doctrine. Do y'all understand me? They do not have any doctrine. When God got through with John in Revelation, he said, it is finished. So ain't nothing new. You got to follow what's already set up. So you can follow the apostles if you want. But they ain't got no doctrine. Am I on straight street? The 15th verse says, Love not the world, neither... Keep on. Love the world, the love of the... Wait a minute. It didn't say whether or not you were in church or out of church. It said that if you love the world... The love of God ain't in you. Is that what he said? And the 16th verse says, For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father but in the world. And the world passes away and the lust thereof but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Wow. Mm. What you say. Lust. Love not the world. It is a command. Implying that action now in process must cease. Stop. Loving the world, the evil desires and sin that is so much a part of the human existence is still alive. And if you love the world, it's going to find root in you. Wow. Guess what? You got so many avenues. Huh? They ever got IV too. Huh? All 
Amen. Lust of your flesh. Your physical desires. Those that belong to you. Come on, somebody. Lust of your eyes. Your personal desires. Those that belong to you. The pride of life. Your self-interest. And all of these are about you. You ain't a bad lamb on somebody else. They all belong to you. Come on, somebody. And at any given point, if you get a devil room to get in your veins and flow to your heart, guess what? They're going to find root in you and they are going to stay and grow. It's going to keep you from being transformed. Wow. All of these tactics is to keep you from being transformed into what God wants you to be. If your mind is stuck on word on the world, you can't hear God. You're hearing a whole lot of other spirits. Huh? Come on, somebody. Lust will pull at you till it gets you. It'll pull on you and it'll pull on you till it finds a root to get you. Amen. And your only defense is the Word of God. Your only defense is to continue to call on the name of the Lord. Because guess what? The devil knows how to paint the prettiest picture you ever seen with your natural eyes. Do y'all hear me? When he painted that picture for Jesus, it had to have been a pretty picture. Uh, when he would take the Son of God to the highest pinnacle of the mountain and said, look out past, and I'll let you have all of it. me. Do you not know that there's so many folks that fell down and worshiping him? Huh? You just don't realize how many in the world that fell down and worshiped him. But Jesus has says enough to tell him, get thee behind me, Satan. I worship the Lord thou God and him only. You got to have made a mind. Do you hear me? Your mind has got to be made up. 
If your mind is not made up bouncing back and forth, guess what? Oh, he see that, that niche in you. Come on, somebody. If you undecided, oh, he see that you undecided. Oh, I just need to work on that spot a little bit more. Because I think I got her. Come on, somebody. Well, the next one, the second uh, command in that verse 2 was, Be ye transformed. Hmm. Let the supernatural process or change take residence in you. Allow God to make the necessary alterations that you may be properly fit for the kingdom of God. We don't want God to do no cutting and no straping and no getting rid of. We want to stay like we are. Hmm. Come on, somebody. Mm. Jane, Lamont, ain't no point in us talking about running no hundred yards and me, you and Jane, and Jane said, Lord, do no crossing on no, We got to get like raw. chapter 18 so Number one. 
Make sense? Let's read. With marl in his hand of the potter, and he made it again another vessel that seemed good to the potter to make. Oh, so the first one didn't turn out right. <laughs> Your first walk with God didn't turn out right. Huh? You and I, we were hidden and missing. Still couldn't get it together. But because of the mercies of God, he decided to make us over again.
and all on the money. Taking the money and told the baby, the money got to tell the man of God nothing. Ain't nobody that got to tell the man of God nothing. God got the Holy Ghost to tell him all that he needs to know. Amen. Amen. If you want to really know who gets in your business, it's the Holy Ghost gets in your business. Bringing it to the light, ain't it? 